0: Hi there, everyone. You're listening to the Going and Growing podcast. On this show, we explore joyful, intentional, and simple living amidst the chaos of going and growing. I'm your host, Annie Brinkman. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Today, I am talking with Molly Savage. Molly is a talented musician and one of the sweetest human beings I have ever met. More formally, she's a process engineer at International Paper Company in Prattville, Alabama. Molly has two sisters, an adorable dog, and is a family gal at heart. Before graduating from the University of Dayton this past year, Molly actually spent three months in India working on an ethos project, or engineers in technical humanitarian opportunities of service learning. We'll actually have the chance to talk a little bit about this trip today, which I'm so excited about. Molly also has the odd ability of befriending almost any old lady or catchy crosses, and has determined that Oreo milkshakes are the key to her heart. In other words, if Molly had a dating profile, this would for sure be it. To build on the previous episode on facing unexpected exits, discernment, and our own expectations with Just Peak, today we'll be chatting about something that actually came up in the first episode with Andy, how we can learn to be fully present, to be planted where our feet are, fully here in the now. Molly and I talk about how hard that actually is, how true presence is rooted in authentic love, and how we can each come to sit more fully with ourselves. Here we go. Hi, Molly. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Good. Okay, so before we kind of get into all the good stuff, I have a few questions just to warm up and get the listeners a taste (laughs) of Molly. Um, So the first one is, what is your current position? Can you kind of explain it a little bit more? And how did you come to be in it slash passionate about this area?
1: So I am a chemical engineer. Um, I'm working in Prattville, Alabama, and I have always loved, like, putting together puzzles and building Legos and just, like, Mm -hmm. logic kind of stuff, and my dad's a chemical engineer too, so I saw kind of what he was doing and knew that it fit in with my math and science loving brain, and then in high school, I had a chemistry teacher who just taught chemistry really well. And so I knew I enjoyed chemistry and I knew I liked engineering. So I kind of put the two together Mm. um, to come up with chemical engineering. And then I moved to Prattville in January um, when I started working international paper. So that's how I ended up
0: all the way down here, (laughs) even though I'm from Ohio. The track, it's a real one. (laughs) Yeah. Eight and a half hours. Oh, gosh. That's crazy. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. What is something that you're reading or listening to lately? Oh, I just finished reading
1: Where the Crawdad Sings. Mm. Um, and I did it as sort of a book club with my college roommate, Leanna. Um, and we read the chapters together and then like came together on the weekend and had a call and talked about it. So that was really fun. Um, really enjoyed the book. I've been listening to your podcast.
0: Always a good choice. <laughs> Are there any hobbies or skills that you want to dip your toes into for this next year? I want to get better
1: at baking.
0: Baking. Yeah.
1: Um, And I want to get more baking equipment so I can be better at baking. I don't (laughs) bake very often right now, um, but I want to get better at it.
0: Have you baked anything recently? I made some pretty good brownies the other day. Mm, that's a classic can't go wrong <laughs> yeah. cool well thank you for answering all those little fun questions as I mentioned when we were framing this conversation our overall theme really revolves around learning to be present where your feet are planted and that's something as friends we've we've talked about that a lot <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. we're still like working out all the, the details and aspects of it but I guess if people are listening to even a short amount of this. What do you feel like is something that you want them to take away from this conversation?
1: Hmm. I want them to know that it's okay to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Even if you're uncomfortable in the space that you're in, just to take time to like really be present with that discomfort. Mm -hmm. um, And also just be present, like with the people that are around you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. That's so great, Molly. I guess I'll kind of give a brief intro to our overall theme, which as I mentioned, today we're talking a lot about learning to be present where your feet are planted, which is something Molly and I, as just scale pals, (laughs) already chatted about a lot and are still really working through. But overall, kind of our big finding and aha moment when we sat down to chat about this conversation was that being planted where your feet are is really, really hard. Um, and being I mess it up. Being where your feet are, <laughs> are planted it's really, really hard, and it's a process and takes a lot of time. sometimes it requires us to be shaken up, stirred, or reawakened And this stirring can actually draw us more closer to authenticity, our authentic selves, and authentic love, which we'll go ahead and define later in this podcast. And through these moments, we actually learn to sit with ourselves, those around us and the environments we're in. So to get into that, Molly, we've talked about how we've really greatly kind of struggled <laughs> with this notion of being where your feet are and being present to place and those who are around you. I know something that you've like more recently experienced is just the moving from Ohio to Alabama, and that's a that's a huge right. jump. And I guess I was hoping you could talk a little bit about just that that shift in in being somewhere you're super comfortable with to then. A place that you didn't you didn't know anyone before moving
1: there, right? Right. Yeah. So I moved down here in January and it's about an eight and a half hour trip. Yeah. And I'm I'm down here by myself. Like I don't have any extended family or anything living in Alabama. So I got here and I was kinda like, okay, I need to make friends at work and I need mm-hmm. to like find a church or be involved somehow. And I was really trying to get involved just by going to places and like trying to meet people. I think there was one day where I like went Mm. to the local library and just look at all the community um, events that they had going on and put them all on my calendar. And I was like, I'm going to go to every single one and just try and like meet at least one person at each of these events. And then the coronavirus hit Mm. (laughs) and all of a sudden everything was closed. Mm. And I still didn't know that many people down here. And so I think it's been difficult to try and become immersed in a community when the community is quite literally kind of shut down. Yeah. I think being involved like within a parish has been really helpful for me to just like try and find people who have similar interests. I've also just been trying to make friends at work and just be involved that way too.
0: Yeah, and you you mentioned it but like I guess thinking about I don't want to say having to start over but Yeah, entering into a new environment with added stresses of a new workplace, I don't know, getting used to the community, but then also, like, coronavirus. Like, that's a lot, and that's hard as it is before you have all these added factors. Um, Yeah. So I can definitely see why that would complicate and stress in something that's already a big change.
1: Yeah, and I think there are definitely times or were definitely times where there were feelings of like isolation and loneliness Mm -hmm. even before the coronavirus happened. And I think that's so important when you're moving to a new place and kind of trying to figure out like what you're feeling and and what you need to do and how you can even get involved. Just like taking those uncomfortable feelings and recognizing them Mm -hmm. is really important because then at least you have somewhere to start.
0: Yeah, and that's actually, like, the perfect transition, (laughs) and so I I think the next part of this, that starting requires almost that shaking up, and when we talked, you called it, like, shocking of your system. Um, Yeah. It's also, like, a reawakening to to this place, and to almost how you see yourself, too. Did you kind of feel that way. (laughs) You you definitely said it was like a jolt in in being there. And I think you you put it into words more so even in your experience when you traveled to India this past year.
1: Yeah. So I lived in India for three months last summer. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely like a shock. Like they talk about culture shock, but also just a shock of like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's hard for me to say to somebody that India and America are even on the same planet mm. because their cultures are so different their the way that they interact with other people is so different. you can't really even compare the two because you'd be comparing yeah. apples and oranges And so it was very much a shock to get there and to be like whoa wait like the things that I have known for my entire life to be true mm-hmm. um, about just like being part of a community are not necessarily true anymore. And kind of having to get over that cultural bias, I think, initially was really difficult, but also really, like you said, like awakening to see that these people still have the very same like, basic needs and desires of like mm-hmm. wanting to connect to people. And there, there were times where I was talking to um, some of the people my age and they would start talking about college and start talking about like oh my gosh, like I have so much homework to do tonight. And, you know, in this village of like, (laughs) I don't know. It was just so different. And yet like there were so many things that still connected Mm -hmm. us. And I think that's kind of cool. Like about that electric spark, that jolt that you were kind of mentioning, like at first it shocks you and it, it causes you to step back and say like, wait, what am I doing? But then it energizes you to be connected with somebody else.
0: That's a much more beautiful way to (laughs) to put it. That makes so much more sense now that I'm thinking through it in that that way. Yeah. 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 Even if you look back and think about yeah, the starting of like high school or college, maybe not something as drastic as moving to India. Yeah. Um, But there's definitely still those initial moments where it's really uncomfortable, and maybe that's just even for a short period of time. But then, like you were kind of describing your experience. Then it's yeah, this like awareness where you're recognizing similarities and different things about the environment and how you're functioning in it. And I know we talked about even like the pattern language of a place, recognizing like how a place kind of works and like what's ingrained within it and what insights you're even bringing yourself into that area.
1: Yeah, and I think noticing that pattern and kind of the pattern language of the community um, can help you recognize because like in order to know yourself there are times where you recognize emotions mm-hmm. that you're feeling and the the things that go with those emotions and it forms a pattern of like okay i'm feeling this emotion because i'm reacting to this mm-hmm. this particular environment and so when you go to a different culture or even just a different community it doesn't have to be like going to india or whatever like it could just be moving a couple states away Or right across the street, you can take those things that you've recognized as a pattern within yourself, Hmm. and also recognize those patterns in other people. And I think when you recognize those patterns in other people, you can kind of say to them, like, "Hey, I think this is something that I've experienced or something that I felt before. I see that you're kind of feeling the same way. Like, let's connect on it and let's talk about it." Yeah. And like, I'm not always right with those with recognizing those patterns necessarily, Mm -hmm.
0: but at least just a start. That's so beautiful. And what you said, I feel like really resonates with even our next kind of statement that like, you're also in this process, learning a lot about yourself and how you're responding to the situation. Because I think we we often go into things feeling like we know, know ourselves. Sometimes I think these moments of like awe or aw- like reawakening, like we don't respond the same way, and I think it presents like a moment for us to learn more about ourselves and to question like what, how are we our authentic selves? Like what does that look like for us? Mm. I guess a few questions that I had jotted down just for like us to even think about or potential listeners, all Molly's fans. <laughs> was, oh <my> <laughs> <laughs> the first one was: How do we in these moments of newness see ourselves? which is a super simple one, but I feel like it could be really important. And then the second one, what am I learning about myself in this moment? Not necessarily how am I seeing myself, but what am I learning? And then do I like the person I'm becoming? Because I think that that can really push you forward in a lot of ways or also be a moment to sit. And if you don't like the person you're becoming, like that's that's important insight. And then the third one is, where am I right now? How can I more fully arrive here? Which I like was kind of weird wording when I read it down, but then I was like, oh, that's like really good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You sent
1: me something when I was in India. It was just like a random text one day and it was a picture and it said, gosh, I have to remember it. <laughs> oh, and it was saying like, in this moment, would your five-year-old self be proud of you? Mm-hmm. And at the same time in this moment, would your 95-year-old self be proud of you? Yeah. Um, and kind of thinking of the past and the future mm. and how those are both shaped by the now because yeah. who you are now happens because of who you have been um, mm. and all the things that you are learning from and growing from. But where you are now is going to propel you forward to who you are becoming, kind of like what you're saying in that third question. And I think you're right. It's, it's very important to understand who you are becoming. And it's also very important to recognize if you don't like that person Yeah, and to sort of take that and ask yourself like, okay, that's a very authentic thought and authentic emotion. How do I change that? How do I move forward with that?
0: That's so true. And I didn't, I didn't honestly predicting this conversation think we'd get too much into this, but I love it. And I should preface. Josh, my boyfriend, <laughs> and I myself both really love journaling um, and writing. And the other day, I was reading with his approval <laughs> um, a reflection he had done in his journal about just like faith or something. And he had wrote a prayer, and then the next page was on just his, his what had been that, his day that day. Um, And it was like just some really random feelings of like about me and something he was like grateful for. And reading that like in the present was super, super interesting because I feel like it almost like you're saying with like the five-year-old self, like it was kind of, it was two years ago, (laughs) not my five-year-old self, but it was definitely like a kind of a former self. And I've grown a lot since then, but looking back and reading something that he recognized as like a strength of mine and not feeling like it was really contributing that now was such like a moment of reflection I was like I appreciate that part of me and I don't feel like I'm growing in that or like becoming in that way um and it was such like a great grounding moment where am I right now and who am I becoming and like I want to (laughs) keep like growing in that way so that was a really but Mm -hmm. I think it is it is important to kind of to sit in in that in between like you were mentioning yeah definitely that's yeah perfect for our our third great big finding um that asking some of these hard questions and being shaken up really brings us closer to that authentic self and authenticity and what we we're talking about as authentic love
2: mm-hmm.
0: you put it so greatly molly when we were talking that through authentic love we're really just recognizing that as a basic human desire like we all want to be loved (laughs) like that's not crazy and you put it as like being fully known and seen and then also that like authentic love is it's recognizing the other as themselves in the state where like neither person in that is compromising Um, and I was kind of wondering if you could speak to that definition a little more and what you're thinking about when you were first talking about it with me because it just like popped up and I was like oh my gosh
1: (laughs) Yeah, so really all of those thoughts came out of an experience that I had in India. Mm. Sophia, my travel partner, and I went to Calcutta for a few days, and while we were in Calcutta, there was this nun, Sister Garetti, and then her friend, um, I think his name was Tahir, Mm. and they met us there, and they were kind of the ones who showed us around um, Calcutta for a few days. We were in this taxi car, and we there was a lot of driving, a lot of times for us to just kind of sit and listen to music. And there was one of these times where it was really rainy and we were just kind of stuck in traffic. Oh, and I guess I should also say both Tahir and Sister Gretti were very Catholic, like Sister Gretti obviously being a nun, then Tahir um, actually went and got his degree in theology. And so he he was very like philosophical and had all these different questions and topics that he wanted to talk about. And he was really excited when he found out that I was Catholic because then he was like, oh, well now I need to ask you this question, like talk about all these different things with you because like we have this connection now. And so anyway, we were sitting in this car, just kind of stuck in traffic and it was raining. I was really lost in thought and out of the blue Tahir goes, Molly, who do you say that Jesus is? And like in that moment, it was kind of like that shock that we were talking about earlier. I was like electrified, like ev- the whole world collapsed around me. I was like, oh my God, I have to answer this huge question. Like mm-hmm. trying to think back through all of my veggie tail <laughs> education. Oh like, who did I say that Jesus is. And without giving it very much thought, the first words that came out of my mouth were Jesus is unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. Anything that happened after that. I don't remember where the conversation went. I don't remember even where we were going. I just remember being so taken aback by the, the words that came out of my own mouth. And I think whether you call it Jesus, whether you call it friendship, you don't have to put a specific word to it. I think we all desire that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And we all desire authentic love. Yeah. Um, and I think that authentic love comes from being connected to one another and also recognizing that we each have the same basic human desires and human needs despite all of our differences. There's actually a poem that I, I guess, use the word that I love um, <laughs> by Pedro Rubé and it goes Nothing is more practical than finding God, than falling in love in a quite absolute and final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. I think that poem really speaks to the fact that the things that drive us, our passions, our our sorrows, that's what's getting us out of bed each day. That's what's connecting us to other people. And I think when we find those things and recognize them authentically and just speak the truth in love and speak our own truth, I think that's where authentic love kind of comes into
0: play. Mm. Uh, such such wise words, Molly. <laughs> you know, we don't even, we don't have to talk anymore. That's that. End. <laughs> end of podcast. End of podcast. <laughs> and I love that you have that on your wall. You're literally. Yes. Yeah, I did not pull head. that
1: out of my brain. I'm oh reading a piece of paper at my desk.
0: Yeah. Can you kind of repeat that last thing you said? That at the end of the day, love, like, is what pretty much propels all of those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I-, I think you could even just say, at the end of the day, love. That's it. I think love is at the root of the things that we
0: desire for ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And the things that we desire for other people.
0: If we are trying to love authentically, right? That's like the catch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because your intentions may not yeah. always be out of love. That's very true. It's it's sort of a circular thing. You have to uh, authentically want to love in order to love authentically.
0: And I I love what you said too about like the part of the poem where it's it talks about yeah like the job what what's propelling us to get up in the morning like all of those are very human just day-to-day things that sometimes we don't think about but I think what you're saying in the point here is that if we root all of those things in love and if authentic love and wanting to feel that and give that is what is propelling us for it at the end of the day like those things are definitely going to draw us more closely to ourselves then um and mm-hmm. lead us really to what we're talking about like being where we are fully and implanted that does require intention and
1: Yeah. And I think coming back to um, being present where your feet are planted, Mm -hmm. sometimes those moments where you're planted are very mundane and boring Mm -hmm. and not sparkly and special. (laughs) And that's okay too. But I think the point is we have to find the good in those moments too. Mm -hmm. And we have to find like what the purpose of those moments are, even if they are mundane and boring and not as magical and dreamy as we want them to be there still is a very good purpose for them. I think and I can definitely relate to what you're saying with my experience in India going over there. I knew from the moment that I found out I was going to India that as soon as I got there, I was going to jump right in and try and immerse myself in the culture
0: and mm, just get to know yeah. the
1: people. And no matter how uncomfortable it was, I wanted my whole heart to be there. And because of that attitude that I had, there was a lot of transitioning and a lot of transformation. And I also had a lot of time to think and to pray and kind of reflect on these things that we've been talking about. And then when I came back home, I just think there are a lot of moments that have happened in my life since then where I've sort of laughed and said, I felt the same exact way in India. (laughs) But that moment, I guess it seemed so much more special because I was in a different place and having this experience and this, this huge trip. But here I am, like, in my everyday life, feeling the same things that I felt there.
0: Yeah. How do I make those special, too? And that's, like, so hard, to do. I feel like that's, like, my daily reminder. When I wake up, I'm always trying to kind of put myself in a place where I can just, like, be in the moment. And mm. it's really hard. Yeah. that's <laughs> like, our first part of this conversation. Like, it's hard. It, it takes time. Yeah. And it's overwhelming,
1: too. Mm-hmm. especially when life is happening around you. Yeah. Um and there are going to be days where like you feel like your head's been cut off because there are so many things going on and it's hard to just like step back mm-hmm. and take a breath and take a moment to realize like and to
0: process how you're feeling. And I guess that kind of gets to the next question like all of this that we're talking about is great but like <laughs> how do you actually do it and like put that into practice? And so much of what we've talked about in the past is just like a slowing down almost, just, like, sitting with yourself, and you talked a lot about, like, just being aware of what's around you, and, like, asking people questions, and, like, asking yourself questions, and do you think like that's a good way to describe it, or anything else you could, like, even add to that, to that list, too? Yeah,
1: I think that's a good way to describe it. I also think listening and understanding yeah. is really important because we talked about pattern language earlier. You Mm -hmm. can recognize patterns all you want, but if somebody comes to you and says, like, this is really how I'm feeling, and you don't take the time to listen to them, you're never gonna be on the same page. And so I think listening and just like authentically loving in that listening is really important, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Just trying to be present to what they have to say, and also listening to understand to just kind of see what this other person is feeling or what this other experience is um, teaching you.
0: Mm, yeah, and it's so important, too, to distinguish between listening to understand and listening to respond or fix, because they're very radically different. Kind of talking about
1: slowing down, one of my favorite songs is Vienna by Billy Joel. So the lyrics that I wanted to point out specifically are... Slow down. You're doing fine. Which, first of all, I think is just like so important. Just that one line. Slow down. You're doing fine. (laughs) I think a lot of people our age just need to hear that. Yeah. Um, You can't be everything you want to be before your time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it goes on to uh, too bad, but it's the life you lead. You're so ahead of yourself that you forgot what you're what you need. Though you can see when you're wrong you know, you can't always see when you're right. Hmm. You've got your passion. You've got your pride. Don't you know that only fools are satisfied? Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Um, And I think along with slowing down, something else that's important to recognize is like to not get ahead of yourself because sometimes you just can't see the answers until you've lived it and looked back and said like, Wow, I really hated that period of my life, but look what it's taught me. Now. And look what it's taught me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just like slowing down and being in the moment and just living in the present can be so helpful for the future because you take those lessons with you. Yeah. And then I think, "Don't you know that only fools are satisfied" is really interesting too because it speaks to the, those desires that we were talking about earlier we desire when we get out of bed in the morning to, you know, have all these dreams and all these goals. And I think we all kind of rush to check the boxes and, you know, go to all these different countries and like travel the world and Mm -hmm. stop world hunger and like also get a college (laughs) degree and like all of these, all of these things that we all different goals and dreams Mm -hmm. um, that we want to achieve. And it's okay not to meet all of them. And I think, you know, if we are at one point in time fully satisfied, what is driving us forward then? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just think that's really interesting to point out that it's okay to feel a little bit uncomfortable because that's going to propel you forward into the next phase of your life. I love
0: that song so much. <laughs> Those lyrics are beautiful. Yeah, it's a good one for sure. Yeah. A bop, as the kids these days say. A bop, exactly. A bop. <laughs> uh, Wow. Um, the part that says we can't always see what we're doing right oh my gosh (laughs) that's so true yeah and uh we definitely always do cling on to to what's going wrong or like where we should be and I think that's a lot of what propels people to want to have such a straight trajectory what is that word trajectory trajectory, trajectory for their trajectory. life like I think a lot of times like you're in being unsatisfied even though it's not necessarily bad makes people want to have such a structured like playbook for themselves um and yeah I think just like slowing down and recognizing what you're doing right can be like really grounding and maybe be a good time to reevaluate that you don't have to, like you said, have this beautiful timeline for yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not what life is. <laughs> yeah. I can
1: tell you my five-year-old self never imagined that I would be in India and then in Prattville, Alabama and wow. working for a paper mill. Like mm-hmm. I think my five-year-old self would have laughed if somebody yeah. told me that I would have done all of these things. Mm-hmm. And but now that I'm here, like, all of these things that have happened and all of these things that I've lived through have shaped me into the person that I
0: am. That's so true. And it's, it's funny too, thinking about, you said your five-year-old self, even our 95-year-old selves would be like, oh, you young kid, it's (laughs) obvious. And I'm sure like if parents (laughs) are listening to this, like, yeah, we told you that like 10,000 times. So I think that's the point. Like we have to learn that for ourselves.
1: It's the ninety-five year old selves that are saying, slow down,
0: you're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. I can this is kind of a side note, but definitely attest to the feeling of having like a beautiful layout for like myself. Like I definitely had that leaving undergrad, this like beautiful plan of how I wanted the next five years to go and even year one has drastically not been that way in at first like I felt very like broken in that and it took a lot of like slowness and recognizing what was going well and the habits I was forming for myself that were so much healthier than what I was doing in the past. And it took that like struggle, even just like practices on well-being, and that I needed to keep me sane during those moments like is so much better just to have and like to have as a response to something down the line. I don't know if that made sense
1: it's really important to have goals and to have a plan because otherwise you're just kind of sitting in the unknown and not going anywhere with it. Yeah. But I think the part that we forget is that it's okay if those goals and those plans get totally swept away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are the stepping stones. Like they're the starting point. But where we go from there may look totally different than what we started with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know something we talked a lot about, um, even at my high school was like you have to set goals for yourself because if you don't set goals, like you're not going to have anything to go off of, and mm-hmm. how are you going to decide what you're going to do with your life if you don't have these goals to ground you? Yeah. But we focus so much on setting the goals and checking the boxes that I don't think we focus so much on what happens afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, I think it's okay that those goals kind of fall to the wayside or don't always get met. Like that's not a bad thing, but you have to take what happens with that falling away and do something with it. And I think it's how you respond to those goals and to the things that life just kind of throws at you sometimes. Um, Because life is unexpected and unknown. And the only thing we have control over is our reactions.
0: Yeah. And as you're talking, I feel like I was looking back over our notes and I feel like it's just like a cycle at <laughs> all of this. And we start talking about just how this is a hard process and being shaken up and then learning to love and then sitting with ourselves. But as you're saying, like all those things, it's, I feel like it just keeps going and going, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a constant. I think that was a beautiful way that you said um, in order to move forward. Like you do need to discard kind of those odd expectations you have, but still have something that is pushing you forward to learn and to grow and to move. With that, it's important
1: to authentically love yourself Mm. and to give yourself that grace of making mistakes and being uncomfortable because it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess we talked about like the ways we, can try to authentically love others but like you said such a foundation for all this is yeah loving yourself which can easily be swept aside in the craziness of of everything yeah like you yourself have practices in doing that that have been Mm. grounding in the past you mean to like authentically love myself yeah yeah
1: the way that I authentically love myself is to just create space. Mm Um, I'm very much like, I'm an extroverted introvert. I love people. I love connecting with people, Mm -hmm. but I need my time away. Um, and I think creating space to have that time away, to sit for a couple hours and play piano, Mm -hmm. um, to just like kind of be on my porch and listening to the birds outside and not really doing anything else. And just to recognize like what I'm feeling in that space, and to just kind of be present in those moments to my own self, um, and not have to be present to anyone else. Yeah, that's really how I create authentic love for myself. Is just to give myself space and time to even do that.
0: That's so true. And I guess we we mentioned it briefly, but I guess we didn't really name it. But yeah, like actually recognizing what your feelings are, and like yeah, outright stating that for yourself instead of pushing it or sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. And I think
1: being here in Alabama, um, I've had a lot of time to do that just because Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things are shut down right now. I'm living in an apartment by myself. So when I come home, like it's just me, Um, (laughs) which isn't a bad thing, but I have to make sure that I and not letting that turn into like a negative, depressive kind of mm-hmm. living, and more of a okay, I have this alone time, I have this break yeah. from where I'm working all day. How do I turn this into something where I can just rest? Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to point out that like making time for yourself is not selfish.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it's important that you like, healthily fill your own cup before you
0: try and fill other people's, if that makes sense. Yes, we need that on repeat, <laughs> and as someone who's, like, I'm such a terrible person in saying to no, saying no to others, and everyone, <laughs> yes, same, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think like that's been the biggest skill that I've had to learn, and it sounds weird saying it's a skill, but it really is, and yeah, knowing when to to cut things off at a point that's mm-hmm. not for you, and
1: yeah. that in and of
0: itself is an authentic love, yeah. and is an
1: act of authentic love. Also, um, being able to say no, I just cannot do that. Yeah, you're respecting your own boundaries, and you're also kind of respecting other people's mm-hmm. by telling the truth off the bat and not yeah. leading them to believe something else. That's so true. Yeah.
0: And I think learning to do that well to others or like for others when the no is to someone else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. That can definitely be like a great form of authentic love and recognizing that it's not going to be valuable if you, you show up to a place and can't, can't contribute in a way that is healthy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, That's such a good point. Do you feel like you have kind of any other main points that we didn't cover?
1: <laughs> I think just to reiterate the main point that yeah. we all want to be fully known and fully seen mm-hmm. and in a very truthful way.
0: That's, yeah, that's at the heart of all this. Like, yeah. in order to be, like, fully where your feet are, like, it, it does require that. Like, that's the desire to, to be known and seen. And then it becomes authentic love when we, we can do that for others and ourselves. Well, that's the wish for everyone. (laughs) That they can recognize those spaces and those people that I I think do that for themselves. And maybe if they're they're missing that or lacking that, um, hopefully we've given some insights as to what practices do that for ourselves even. Yeah,
1: this is great. I want to challenge the listeners. Yeah, ooh. My challenge is that You will take five minutes today to be truthful and authentic with yourself, whether that is in a way that you are feeling or just something that happened that Mm. you want to accept and put it into validation that it happened. Yeah. So, just a challenge to be authentic with yourself, and then a challenge to find some way to be authentic with one other person, Mm. whether that is telling a truth about yourself. Or recognizing a truth within them.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those are so wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And I guess to wrap up here, I have two questions for you, Molly. The first is what plant best describes you? I
1: would say the plant that describes me best is a sunflower um, because I'm bright and sunshiny, or try to be anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I I try to be positive and find the joy in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But also because when I was really little, um, my mom put me in the backyard with some paint because she had to go take care of some stuff and just wanted to give me something to do. And when she came back, she found me completely naked, covered in yellow and black paint from head to toe. (laughs) And she asked me, Molly, what were you thinking? I looked at her and I said, I was thinking that I wanted to be a beautiful sunflower. (laughs) And ever since then, I have always just been associated with sunflowers. When they see sunflower things, they send me pictures of it and say like, oh, look, this made me think of you.
0: So that's the plant that describes me best. Ah, I love that. That's such a good answer. With an awesome story. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. And I guess for our last one, this one's a little deeper than your favorite plant or the plant that describes you. Um I asked Jess this question and it's just really stuck with me because I feel like it's it's just such a good one. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. But what is something that you're learning about the life that you're currently building?
1: Oh, that's a good question.
0: (laughs) Right. I love it. And that's this is usually a question that I'm sure you could spend a lot of time thinking about or too. So something that I'm learning about the life
1: I'm building now is that things I have thought to be important are not always necessarily important. And things that I never thought I would do or never thought would be important to me are suddenly becoming so. Mm -hmm. And it makes me appreciate You know, like when your parents tell you a story and they say, oh, you'll understand when you're older. (laughs) I'm starting to understand because I'm older. Um, (laughs) I don't have all the answers. I don't understand everything, but I have found that there are moments where I have come to appreciate the things that people have taught me just throughout my life Mm -hmm. because I'm using them
0: more now than I have in the past. Mm. Yeah, that's a good answer. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for joining me on this third episode. as always, it is such a joy speaking with you and chatting with you. I feel like I leave with such a i don't know so much wisdom afterwards, <laughs> so it's honestly so great for you to be here and to be speaking about these really heartfelt topics. I so greatly appreciate it,
1: yeah, thank you for having me and it's always good to talk with you too and to <laughs> to have somebody to. Kind of flesh this stuff out with, so I appreciate it. And in the words of Mother Teresa, go forth and do small things with great love.
0: Uh, is she not amazing? Once again, a big thank you to Molly and to everyone listening today. If you're interested in further connecting with her, you can find Molly on Instagram at LittleRedSavage4, and I'll tag her Instagram in the show notes. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Molly is also a really talented musician and likes to write and play her own music. So if you're interested in hearing some of her pieces, you can also find her on TikTok. Molly was so kind that she actually recorded the little intro part of our music for today's episode. So, so incredibly talented. Okay guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and that if you are listening to this, that our words, thoughts, or questions have somehow touched you challenge you or inspire you. Until next time, guys.